You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you for having us this year. First and foremost, Pastor Pastor Dan, thank you for having us uh, back this year at your church. You know, I've been on staff for um, about a year now with Teen Challenge. I'm the uh, church services and program uh, development coordinator. And um, I schedule, you know, all the church services and the events we go to, outreaches, things like that. And, you know, needless to say, I meet a lot of pastors and a lot of people. And, you know, I'm not the best with, you know, remembering names and stuff like that. So um, when Pastor Dan calls me, he always goes, uh, yes, it's Pastor Dan, Life Tree Church, you know, the the mustard pizza, Papa's. Every time I'm like, yes, yes, of course. I mean, I know Pastor Dan is everywhere anyway because he goes to all of our, our functions and things like that. And we're just... We're so, uh, we're, we're so, you know, thankful to have you, you know, um, and all you guys as, uh, you know, people who love Teen Challenge. So, um, for those of you that don't know Teen Challenge, it was formed in 1958 by Pastor David Wilkerson, uh, was a country pastor in Pennsylvania, and uh, one day uh, he was uh, at his breakfast table eating, and he read the newspaper that five teens were on trial in uh, New York for the murder of a homeless man, and he just felt compelled by the Lord uh, to go minister to these kids. He packed up his car and he literally just drove out to New York and tried to storm into the courtroom. And, and if any of you guys ever read The Cross and the Switchblade or seen the movie, you guys would know how much drive he had for Jesus and, you know, how much he wanted to try to help these five teens. Now, the judge wouldn't have it, you know, but he didn't say no. And that's what I respect, you know, most about Pastor Wilkerson. He uh, slept in his car some nights. He kept going back and back and back to New York. Eventually, he couldn't reach the kids. Um, but he started to work with the other gang members and the families of these, of these uh, teens that were on trial. And throughout all the things he went through, all the street preaching, trying to help people, he was able to open the first Teen Challenge in Brooklyn, New York in 1958. And since then, just, you know, in 60, 62 years is not really a long time, uh, Teen Challenge has over 240 centers in the U.S. and almost 1,100 in the world. So, you know, Jesus is doing something special in this program, helping a lot of people and you know, changing a lot of lives, you know, and, and giving us all the message of hope, you know, that there is hope for people that are struggling in addiction and life-controlling issues. Um, these men here today, myself included, we tried everything, you know, medications, doctors, you know, we, we did it all. We tried to overcome our addictions. We thought we could do it on our own. And until we came to Teen Challenge, did we realize that, you know, addiction is sin and only Jesus can forgive us of sin. You know, um, these guys are all walking testimonies today. They're going to come up here and sing songs in a couple minutes and talk on some testimonies. Our stories are all different. You know, we all more or less got drugged through the mud in our addictions. Some of us were, you know, suffering for years. Some of us not so long. Some of us, you know, went through different um, avenues. But, you know, different roads, same destination. You know, Teen Challenge Program was there for us when we needed them. Um, they didn't turn us away. They didn't say, hey, you're not good enough. You don't have any money. You don't have health insurance. We can't help you. The program took us and gives us residential treatment for 12 to 15 months. Um, it gives us all the, uh, all the amenities. And everything that the, that the enemy took from us on the outside, Jesus has given back to us every single day. The restoration that we get in this program has been outstanding. You know, I get to see these men every day, myself included. We're all growing in Christ. We're all doing better, and we're all... We're all that much better for being in this program. So I wanted to show you guys a couple of slides today. We um, used to be in Newark. Um, I wasn't in the program then, but I always ask our, our director, Pastor Todd Sheehan, about the program, what it was like. And he tells me it was a, a three-story row home and that there was barbed wire around the building. It was in a bad neighborhood, gang activity, drugs, you name it. 
Um, he told me that the gang members used to actually pull bricks off of the side of our house and put their guns in there so they could stash them. It's crazy stuff. I mean, I would never think about doing stuff you know, like that. But anyway, um, we were really praying for a lot of years to try to do better and find a better location. Um, there was a property in Hunterdon County in Lebanon, uh, Clinton Township. It was 88 acres. It used to be a, uh, um inner-city uh, camp retreat um, uh, for the kids uh, during the summertime. And for 10 years, the property had been sitting there. They didn't know what to do with it or who to turn it over to. And um, through much prayer and guidance in the Lord's direction, we were able to get the property for a dollar, you know, in 2014, I think it was. And since then, um, I'm going to show you guys, we're in the final stages of finishing all the property. So uh, if you could show me the first slide, please. I wanted to... Yeah, so we have 60 beds right now. When I came in the program December 17, we only had three cabins open. We have, like, this huge property with all these cabins. They were, like, kind of like rancher-style houses, you know. And uh, we only had three of them open at the time. Uh, I was sleeping on an air mattress next to the bathroom, you know, because they weren't turning anybody away. They wanted to help everybody at the, at the moment, and we knew we were growing. So uh, since then, we opened up three more cabins. So we now have six cabins open. Uh, eight buildings are fully renovated. We're working on the last three cabins right now. Um, and by the end of the year, they will be open. So that's going to be 27 more beds available that we're going to be able to help people. We're going to fill them up, and we're going to do what we can to help people. So we, we praise Jesus for giving us the opportunity to, you know, finish the construction and everything that we were able to do. Um, Teen Challenge offers life coaching. There's five phases of the program. In the fifth phase, um, we do webcasts with our Brockton location in Massachusetts. Um, they have someone that goes over life coaching. Well, what it is, when you get into the program, things get pretty simple fast. There's no cell phones, internet, TV, radio, too much, you know. So, um, you know, to get back into the world after graduation, life coaching gives us the ability to line our ducks up in a row, you know, and be able to do things properly and have a plan for when we exit the program. Uh, we have also clinical counseling. We have uh, a couple different uh, counselors that come to the center each week, and they, they speak with a couple different guys about, you know, what they're, how they're doing and, you know, their progress and things like that. It, it's really a, a big help to us. Uh, we have also a transitional program. For those that graduate the program that want to go to work every day in the world but still live on campus comfortably, um, for minimal rent you can do that with us um, for six months to a year, and you can transition back into the world uh, slowly instead of just, you know, shake your hand, thanks for, thanks for coming, and have a nice life. You know, we wouldn't want to do that, so we offered the transitional program to everybody. Also, you can't graduate Teen Challenge without a GED, so if you come to us and you don't have your high school diploma, we'll take you to the local county and get your classes done and get you graduated, so you'll get a Teen Challenge diploma and also a high school one as well. Next slide, please. All right, so here's uh, the, the campus. This is what the cabins look like. Up to the top left, that's what it looked like when we uh, acquired the property. Um, it was a summer camp. There was no insulation in the building, in the walls or anything, so it was pretty bare bones. So we rebuilt the cabins from what we had. Uh, you can see the beds were very, um, uh, the mattresses were thin, the bathrooms. As you can see now, full construction, tile, the whole nine yards. Uh, we got... Uh, a donation from the Tempur-Pedic factory in Michigan, so everybody has a Tempur-Pedic bed. And it's nicer than anything I ever had, as far as an apartment is concerned. You know, and I go to a program, I didn't, I couldn't pay, they didn't refuse me, and then I'm sleeping on a Tempur-Pedic mattress at night, so it's pretty, pretty sweet. Next slide, please. All right, so this is our chapel to the top left. That's what it looked like when we got the property, and it needed a lot of work. Um, they took it down to just the frame, 
and it took about a year, year and a half to redo. We took a little extra time because we wanted all the extra little amenities like the, like the, the, the stage lighting and things like that and the extra molding detail on the wall. We wanted to be really nice because we have so many functions, so many chapels and prayer and devotions during the week that we want to turn the music up. We want to pray. We want to scream and shout to Jesus. And, you know, it's just a wonderful, beautiful chapel to do it in. So, um, you know, the dedication was about a year and a half ago. And uh, we're using it so much, um, and we're just so thankful to have it. Next slide, please. All right, so when you guys came in off to the, uh, off, well, your left, my right, uh, there's a goody, goody table over there, all kinds of good stuff, our coffee and tea products. We sell these products as one of the many resources to bring funding to our program. We are a nonprofit, um, and we don't get state or federal funding. So a lot of guys that come in the program, myself included, did not pay or could not pay. So the coffee um, is delicious. If you've ever had it before, please buy all of it so we don't have to take it back with us. And, um, you know, this way uh, it'll be a good way to partner with us uh, to help in uh, either a student here or somebody that's out there suffering that's going to be coming to us soon. Next slide, please. Okay, guys, you want to come on up? So this is three ways to follow us on social media. Um, we are heavily involved in the community. As I said, I think that this, this year, I was looking at our last statistics, we did something like 125 events, churches and outreaches included. We're, we're, we travel all over the state, everywhere, anywhere. Um, and, you know, we're, we're always posting pictures online on our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So it's a good way to follow us if you guys... You know, stop at the table on the way out. You can pick up a brochure with all our information. And this way you guys can follow us um, on, uh, on one of our social media posts. Uh, next slide, please. All right. And together, Life Tree and, T- and Teen Challenge New Jersey, you know, you're changing lives. We really uh, appreciate your church that you guys have us every year. And we're very thankful for Pastor, who's always at all of our events, and, you know, all you guys that support us. So we just wanted to... Uh, uh, thank you, you know, most of all for that. So right now we're going to do some songs. We're going to do some testimonies. Feel free to jump up and down and dance and scream and, you know, sing with us. So thank you very much, guys. I'm good. Good morning, church. I'm going to stand next to my brothers because that's how we're all standing together. We're standing firm in the faith. I always love to do uh, my testimony after the song, Stand in Your Love, because that's kind of how my testimony is. I grew up in the church. I used to love God as a kid. And then about 10 years old, I started traveling for sports. Every sport, every Sunday, I would miss church every day. My mom wasn't too happy about that. But after in high school, you know, I got in with the wrong crowd, doing drugs. I was doing drugs at 12 years old. I was stealing my uh, joints from my dad. I was in middle school drinking and smoking and doing all the stuff that, you know, we don't realize that kids are doing. And uh, how easily it was. I had older friends, older siblings. So just, you know, I just kind of grew up in that. Through high school, I stayed in school for a little bit because of sports and a little bit because of girls, but mostly sports. Um, I got a scholarship into Stockton University for college and played soccer, but I broke my ankle and I ended up working in the music business with a pretty well-known rapper. Uh, That just involved me more. I'm from Atlantic City, so... That involved me more into street life, more into drugs, more into violence, and all the things that follow along with it. Being uh, in Atlantic City, I was a bartender at the casinos, and that goes in with gambling and hustling and nightlife and parties and clubs and all the things that are works of the flesh. But God called us to walk in the Spirit. 
So I grew up, like I said, in the church. I had a foundation of what Christ was, the Holy Spirit and God. and you know. But I always looked at it like, what's it have really to do with me besides Jesus loves me? But then I really started you know, having a battle within, going through tough times, and started to understand what God's love was because nothing can separate us from God's love. You know, me and my brothers always talk about that Romans 8, 35 to 39, like really nothing can separate me from God's love. Me running in the streets, me doing drugs, me selling drugs, me doing all the things I shouldn't be doing. None of it separated me from him. You know, it said um, that God demonstrated his love to us while we were still sinners. He came and Christ died for us. And John 3, 16, everybody knows that, for God so loved the world. And uh, I grew up, you know, again, I'll repeat it. I grew up in the church. I knew God's love. I used to love God. And I fell away from my first love. While I'm in this program, God's restored my heart. And, man, I love God again. I love to serve him. I love to worship. Dave, I get to listen to every day of the week, man. Our choirs be popping. You think this is live. We go hard in the, in the choirs, man. We, we got people of all ages, all backgrounds. What, the, what we'll do in heaven, we'll praise him. Holy, holy, holy is you know, our God. All nations, all tongues, all peoples. That's what the church is. So, you know, I, I heard about Teen Challenge uh, from my mom's friend through church. She told me to come in. At that time, I had just started a job at the Hard Rock bartending at the Sugar Factory, which is pretty popular. Some of you may know it. And I was making so much money and ready to, you know, give up my addictions and just that whole lifestyle. It wasn't just one thing. It was the whole lifestyle. And I wanted to, but I wasn't ready to. So, you know, that was in September, and it was about to be my birthday. And I was like, man, I'm definitely not going there on my birthday. So, <laughs> so I end up, you know, that was in September. I end up having the winter to think about it, and you know, in the, in the fall and this time. And God was just working on me and showing me sign after sign with people, even at my job, in the, in the middle of a casino, bartending, doing wickedness. God was showing me little things. I was singing one, or I, had a, I heard a song on the radio one day, and it was uh, by Enrique Iglesias, You Can Run, You Can Hide, But You Can't Escape My Love. And I'm, the next day, I'm singing it. I'm high. I'm drunk. I'm hungover. I'm like, why am I singing this stupid song? I got a headache. And I felt my spirit, God say, because you can run, you can hide, but you can't escape my love. And then the next day or two, my mom said, you know, no matter what you do or what you've done, nothing can separate you from God's love. So I'm like, man, why would you guys tell me that right now? I, I want to be, you know, you want to be comfortable in your sin. You don't want nobody to bother you. You want to just keep doing what I'm doing. But it brings me, it brought me to a place where I was just battling. God was working, and I'd be praying again and, and seeking him, but I was, still wasn't ready. And then just one day I was, you know, high on the floor, and I was just like, God, you got to take this from me because I can't do it myself. I want to stop, but I, don't, I can't, and uh, I just need a place to go away to for a little bit just to get away from this, this craziness. So I ended up leaving my job, and that was January 25th. I came into the program February 18th. So I had about a month or so clean. But I knew, you know, people were coming up to me at churches and Bible studies and like, yo, I think you should go to Teen Challenge. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. But, you know, we'll work on it. So a, a lady from my church sponsored me to come. So it's so important when you sponsor somebody to, to show that you ha there's hope. Like somebody had hope in me and trusted that, that God had a plan for me. And I'm so appreciative of that lady. And, you know, I, I've been excelling in the program because of God. In June, I was a student or the resident of the month. I've never been a student of the month material in my life. So that's, God, and that's a testimony right there for, for God's, you know, glory and his grace. But now I'm planning to, uh, I'm nine months in, ten months sober. I'm about to go to a pastoral school or do school, some type of ministry school. 
and uh, do some, some, some stuff with business and just continue to walk in faith, you know, seek first the kingdom, put on Christ, walk in the spirit, and it teaches me how to love my brothers as myself and my neighbor as myself. So I'll leave you with a verse. It's Micah 7, 8. This is when I'm in good, doing good and when I'm doing bad. This is my verse. Rejoice not over me and my enemy. Though I fall, I rise again. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Grace and peace be with you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus. How you guys doing? My name is Raymond Johnson. I'm from Washington Township. I, uh, my church home is Bethel in Blackwood. Um, 32 years old. And the um, best thing I like about a testimony is that it shows that the blood of Jesus still works to this day. Um, you know, before there was pastors and churches and things like that, it was just Adam and Eve, right? It was, it was the home. And I come from a broken home. And uh, in the area of Philadelphia known as West Philly, um, I had a, uh, my family and I lived there. And um, I lived there until about four really bad area, so we got out, thankfully, and um, my mother worked really hard to get us to New Jersey, where I said I grew up Washington Township, and, um, you know, that took her working a lot of hours, so I was babysat by family and things like that, and I can say through the grace of God today uh, that during one of those babysitting moments, I was sexually molested by a family member of mine. Um, all before the age of seven, that occurred. I had two of my brothers murdered. I had uh, my father, who was never present for all these things, and um, you can imagine how my life might have turned out with all those things occurring at such a young age. Um, I'm just going to quickly fast forward to me uh, being 18 in high school, just trying to make up for all my inadequacies. I see a lot of youth here, and that's a great thing. It's a testament to the pastor as well. Um, You know, there's a... um, a lot of inadequacies that I tried to make up for at a young age. And I quickly found myself just pulled in, completely ensnared by the world. Um, but thankfully, God was with me during that time. I met who is still my wife today uh, in high school. We've been together since then. Um, I got married at 22. I thought everything was going to be cured by marriage because we're in love. But quickly, the stars in our eyes we're no longer there. They turned to sand. Our delight became our delusion. Um, shortly after that, by the age of 27, both of my parents were dead. Um, so as you can see, I'm just on a constant downward spiral with no sense of God in my life to try to be a, a strong tower, a mainstay during all these terrible and perilous times. Uh, so I quickly found myself uh, medicating myself, giving, giving myself self-help. Um, I went to a couple of rehabs, like Matt mentioned, and I just I found sobriety there, which was good for the t- for the time. But just like the man on the mat, I wanted to be whole, you know. Um, I wanted to stop having issues with uh, inadequacies, pride issues, things that men suffer from. Uh, I wanted to pray with my family. I didn't want to pray at the secular meetings that they told me to go to, where I was told to call myself an addict or an alcoholic. Thankfully, uh, Teen Challenge. You know, we call ourselves redeemed through the blood. Um, you know, there's no amount of clean time from a drink or a drug that makes us clean. You know, it's the blood of Jesus. Um, so, but it, it just didn't occur overnight for me. I, I, like I said, my church home is Bethel. And uh, I lived with a lot of double-mindedness during that time when I gave my life to Christ. July 28, 2018, I, um, 
I was one man in the church, and I was a whole other man outside the church. You know, I didn't, I didn't follow the obedience. I wasn't even a knower of the word, nor was I definitely not a doer of the word. And um, I was introduced to Teen Challenge on a choir just like this, and I, I heard about 15 months, and they just looked so miserable up there. I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It did. Uh, I hope we don't look like that today. I trust we don't. But anyway, um, I had a chance to come and get my life straight. I chose the easier, softer way, which was the, the nice, cushy massages and acupuncture and things like that. But um, I suffered a car accident, which I was spared my life, and, and it brought me to this program. And in this program, I'm learning that, man, the body of Christ needs men. You know, I was taught by my mentor that, you know, if we're going to say that the house, or the family unit is a ship and us as men, we're the water. As the, sh- as the water rises, the ship rises. As the water sinks, the ship sinks. So I could see that my household was not in order due to my actions and my lifestyle. I was pulling my wife to my God, which is cars, clothes, money. She loves Cosmopolitan magazine, sex in the city, things like that. All these things that want to defile our holy temples. And um, I can say now that in this program, I'm learning that I have to be a priest in the home. I'm learning that I have to show myself, study to show myself approved. I'm learning that I have to even be an example in failure to my wife, to my family, because I have to repent and confess my sins immediately. So all these things I'm saying to you is that use my testimony for you men in the room that we're supposed to be these leaders to bring up godly men godly women because uh, thankfully I have a huge family. I have a 40, over 40 nieces and nephews. Not one of anybody in my family is saved but me and my brother. So I say that just to say like us coming here, it's about legacy changing decisions. You know, Team Challenge is not about me. It's not about any of these guys. It's about the, the change we can make through our testimonies with you guys. The change we came to make in our families. Uh, and I'll just leave you guys with the scripture that really got me through um, I believed in my heart that my wife was going to divorce me. But thankfully, through the grace of God, we celebrated 10 years of marriage this year because uh, I'm second to Jesus. That's just, that's just a fact. Um, but at 15 months of the easy transition for her to just move on and get divorced. But I found Galatians 2.19 and 20 very comforting. It said, for through the law I've died to the law that I may live for God. And it's I who no longer lives, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live. In the flesh, I live by faith in the one and only Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, guys. Morning, church. How are you guys doing? Uh, like my brother Raymond, I like coming down here in front of you guys because I like space of opportunity. And I also am very grateful that we sleep on uh, Tempur-Pedic mattresses. Uh, my name is Brian Sweeney. I was uh, born and raised in Bayonne right on the borderline of Jersey City. I don't know if you guys are too familiar. It's like 10 minutes out of Newark. You know, it's a very rough neighborhood. At two years old, my, fa- my father left my mother with four kids. So I didn't have a father figure in my life. At the age of four, my stepfather came into my life. He was loving, caring, took us out of a bad neighborhood. Uh, so he always had that stepfather title, so I never gave him the love and affectionate that I was supposed to show him, tell him that I loved him and thanked him for helping my mother out with these kids that weren't even his. 
After that, they had a child on their, uh, uh, between the both of them. By the age of 16, after he saw from 4 to 16, he had killed himself in my house. Uh, it was very difficult for me because uh, I was going to school. I had a scholarship waiting for me for Xavier, D1 basketball school. I had everything lined up, but when this happened, my whole world crashed because I never got the time or the opportunity to tell him that I loved him. And it really broke me down, and I never uh, explained or told anybody about that. So it ate me up. By the time I was 16, I was already popping pills, uh, sniffing coke, smoking weed, selling drugs. I dropped out of high school. I lost everything by getting arrested, selling drugs. Uh, They took my scholarship away, so I felt like there was nothing to live for. By the time I was 21, I was already shooting coke, shooting heroin, and smoking crack cocaine. I flew down to, uh, actually came to Teen Challenge in Newark, like what Matt was saying. It was a rundown in the hole. In 2013, I went there, and uh, I left after two weeks because I said, you guys want me to read the Bible and shave? I'm leaving. Five minutes after leaving the program, I was in handcuffs. And that was God telling me that it was not time for me to move. And I moved. And I was disobeyed him. Uh, I flew down to West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, I stayed down there for five years. Out of that five years, I was incarcerated for two and a half. I did my first bid uh, for a year. I got out. I violated. I flew back. I ran back up to Jersey, and that's where I met my fiance. Eventually, I knew that my time was going to catch up with me. So eventually, the time came, November of 2017. I had got arrested, going to work, hopping the train like a, a dummy. Uh, they flew me back down there. I had to go back and finish an 18-month sentence. When I went back down there, she rode out the whole time I was there. I relapsed in prison. When I came out, I already had an addiction, so now I got to feed that. And I'm feeding her lies, telling her that I was okay. I'm not getting high no more. I promise everything's going to be fine. I never had the love and affection for my mother, so I always looked for it in females, and I always lied to them. Uh, December of 2000. 18, December 18th, 2018, I walked into Teen Challenge. I turned myself in. I called a burglary charge. I robbed her mother's house for $15,000 worth of jewelry, $300 cash, and $20 in dimes. I don't even know how I had the time to do that. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, I passed out on their bed because I was too high, and I laid there for six hours until the police came. Um, she dropped me off in the program with my sister, December. And uh, she looked me in the face, and we were both crying, and she told me that we were going to do this together, you know? And I actually put my trust in the, you know, I was like, okay, we're going to do this together. Two months after that, she had left me for my best friend, cheated on me, and then is now pregnant with his kid. Eight months pregnant. Uh, the end of this month, she's due. Uh, unfortunately, I'm still there because the guy that she had got pregnant with uh, had left her, but I'm there for her as a friend because my loyalty was still with her as a friend. We were friends way before we were lovers. So if she never needed help, I was always there for her. And uh, she's very happy for that. You know, she's still sorry, and she asks for my forgiveness all the time. I said, don't ask me for forgiveness, ask him. And uh, she's very grateful that I'm, I'm there for her spiritually. But when this time happened, when I got that phone call, and she told me that uh, she couldn't be with me no more, there was a brother that was in the program that is not here right now. He came in two weeks before me, and he looked me in the eyes, and he could tell that I was going through something. And the words that came out of his mouth was, don't worry, we're going to do this program together. 
and he gave me the biggest hug that I ever got in my life. And I knew that it was him doing it, but God was using that man as a vessel to let me know that I was loved. So I always struggled with love. I kept reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13 my whole life. My whole life. And when he came and did that, it was like a spiritual like hug just came out of nowhere and was like the embrace of God just like was like, I got you. Don't worry about it. We're going to do this together. That was 11 months ago. And by the grace of God, I haven't picked up a drink or a drug in 11 months in the program. It's the longest I've been clean since I was 13. Now, Matt was talking about how we go to churches all the time. And uh, we do sponsorships. And with those sponsorships, I was able to come into the program without having no money or insurance. So if you guys feel led, you know, on your hearts, God's speaking to you. You know, we, you can meet us back by the back table. You can sponsor somebody for $30 a day, or you can sponsor somebody for a whole year, $360. You can sponsor somebody if you feel it's on your heart. If it wasn't for somebody at a church sponsoring me, I would have never been here and alive and standing in front of you today, and neither of my brothers right behind me. I want to thank you guys. The Bible verse that I leave you guys with is Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not get discouraged. For know your God, your Lord, is with you wherever you may go. And he's with me forever. Amen. Wow, guys. That was some great testimonies, great songs. I mean, so proud of all these guys, you know. Yeah, I told Pastor Dan this week, I said, I'm bringing the A-team, you know. I mean, we're all, we're all we, we have good choirs, you know. Everybody's good and sings good, but, you know, it's easy with a group like this, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so I don't want to take too much more time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, same deal with me, different roads, same destination. I, uh, I graduated high school. I, I thought I had the world in my palm. I was a young kid, didn't want to listen to anybody. And, you know, I got... A small scholarship to go to college. Instantly, within, I think, two months, I dropped out. Couldn't stand it. I wanted to go run with my friends and drive fast cars and all that fun stuff, I guess, back then. Uh, I took a sales job that I had full-time, and I had some small success with it. I started to make a little income. You know, with that came a car, a nice little apartment. I thought I you know, was doing great. I had everything uh, that I needed. And, you know, soon enough, I started to find out that education was important because all my friends are graduating college now with you know, corporate jobs and whatnot, starting families, getting married. And here I am still doing the same thing I was three years ago, working 90 hours a week and chasing people around on a car lot trying to sell cars, you know. So it really wasn't all that fun after a while. Um, so I started to use prescription meds to cope. And uh, I thought that that was the end all. I had it all figured out at that point. And that fueled into a, a full-blown addiction. Um, I lost everything in my life three, four times over. You know, the enemy just kept taking everything from me, like I said earlier. Um, it, it got to the point where I was actually starting to get worried that if I kept this up, that I was, I was going to die. Something was going to happen to me if I didn't get some kind of help. I just started praying and praying and praying. I think that for about a year and a half, I was praying to drive to work, to drive home, and at night and in the morning, I was praying all the time, Jesus, I can't do this myself. I am, I'm just not changing. I'm not going to do the right thing. I'm not going to take the right path. You please intervene my life and do something for me. <laughs> well, Jesus stepped in and he, he got me, um, you know, lassoed into the right uh, situation, which made it extremely convenient for me to make the call to teen challenge. You know, I also grew up in the church. Every week, my, my pastor was bullying me in the back, telling me, I got to go. I got to go. I need help. 
You know, for seven years they worked on me every week. My family, unconditional love, never gave up on me. I'm the luckiest man in the world because of all this. You know, I walked through the, the, the doors of Teen Challenge December 4th of 2017. I was broken. Um, but I'll tell you what, I was ready to change. I was ready, and I said that morning, I said, Jesus, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Wherever you want me to do, I will do it. And when I graduated this program in January of this year, I wanted to go back to, you know, a sales job or go back to transportation, what I used to do. The Lord just wasn't even having it. He wasn't even leading me to make a phone call. I mean, I can't even explain to you. It's like when you want to do something, but you just don't do it. I mean, most men is procrastinating. That's what we do, you know. But this was different. It was a different type of feeling. The Lord kept me here. He wants me to be here. And why wouldn't I want to serve in a ministry with men like this? Why wouldn't I want to, you know, stand up in front of churches and tell everybody what Jesus is doing in my life, you know? So I got to tell you, you know, this is the best decision I ever made. Um, You know, I want to thank all you guys for having me today. If you guys do want to sponsor one of our guys, you know, I didn't pay a dollar, nothing but zeros on my uh, on my paperwork in the office. I couldn't, you know, but Teen Challenge made it possible through all the many forms and resources that we're able to, you know, raise to, you know, bring people through the program. And Pastor Dan, thank you so much. Every event, because I do put the, all the banquets and the golf tournament and all that, every single event, Pastor is, is there. He's there. You guys support us as a church. You know, we're so thankful that you invite us every year. And, uh, you know, I, I feel really at home today at this church. And I just wanted to, uh, Pastor, if you would like to come up, I wanted to give you a gift. For all your, all, all, you know, and thank you for everything. It's a, it's a Change Lives Volume 6 book. We have six volumes with us today. Ten stories of Teen Challenge graduates, what their lives were like and the program and what, you know, what's going on in their lives today as a result of, uh, you know, the program. And also, we did some intel, and we know you're a tea drinker, so it's a bag of our uh, English breakfast tea. So if you guys can catch this on the table on the way out. But thank you very much, Pastor. God bless you. Thank you very much. Man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I mean, you can just tell this is, I think uh, it was uh, my brother said in the middle, he said, uh, legacy changing decisions. Like when, what, what's going on here? It's changing generations. You know, generations from now. It's not just changing a life. It's changing for generations. And that's just what God does. Right? Everybody in here, we have stories. We have stories of what God is doing in our lives. Right? It's it's not like they got stories and we got nothing. Everybody's got a story. Yeah, I appreciate your your faith, your courage, your boldness to share those stories because we need to hear them. We need to hear the stories of what God can do because God keeps doing it. And some of you have family members that are struggling with addiction. Maybe if you're if I'm telling you, stop by, get information. We're gonna we're gonna receive an offering in just a moment. Our 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 standard, you know, our regular Sunday morning tithes and offerings. If you'd like to make a, don- a donation today, an investment. An investment in a legacy in generations. I want to encourage you on your on your envelope. Just mark it Teen Challenge. Everything that comes in today is going to go there. I encourage you to consider sponsorship. Uh, I think you said it was is it thirty six dollars a month, a dollar a day, a dollar. Come on, a dollar a day. You spend more than that on coffee. A dollar a day to change generations. To invest in this. We've we've as a church helped people get to Teen Challenge. We're going to continue to. What these guys do, what, what God is doing through this ministry is just absolutely incredible. Fully believe in it and encourage you, you know, get involved as much as you can and get involved. Find out, get on there. Listen, sign up for the mailing list. They're going to call you and they're going to ask for money and you can give. It's OK. You're allowed to give. You're allowed to invest in things that change lives. Like, right. I mean, we're, this is this is what why God has given us resources so that we can make a difference 
in, in people's lives. That's what money is for. It's better there than anybody in any of our pockets. So uh, let's do that. Let's just we're going to close. I'm going to invite the ushers forward. We're going to pray, and uh, and then we're going to we're going to close our time together. Do you want? Yeah, we're going to. I'm going to ask my brother to sing one more song too, as he closes us out. Isn't he doing an awesome? I mean, seriously, I could listen to this guy all day. You got to. God's given you a gift, man. Thank you for thank you for sharing the gift with us and for blessing us today, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this day. I thank you for the words that we've heard, Lord, but more importantly, for the heart that's been shared. Lord, for the openness, just the vulnerability that's shown us what you're doing. Lord, that's just, it's a testimony to the power of transformation. You take what we were, Lord, and you make us something new. Lord, it's, that's nothing that we can will ourselves into. We can't work ourselves there. We can't buy ourselves there. It only comes about when Jesus shows up. God, when you show up in our lives, we're no longer who we were. We're something different. We are literally reborn, remade, reformed. God, you do something new in us. And I thank you that, Lord, both in, in, in these guys' lives, but also in our lives, you're continuing. We're all one family, Lord. It's a story of what you do with humanity. You take us from where we are, Lord, and you offer us hope. And you say, just follow me. Trust me. Watch what I can do. So, God, we just open ourselves up to you and say, would you continue to do that? Lord, I ask for a teen challenge, this ministry. Would you continue the work that you began with Pastor Wilkerson. God, would you continue to transform lives, change generations, build new legacies because of your grace and your love and your mercy. You're so good. You never give up on us. You never give up on us and you're always with us. How good you are today. Lord, today, prompt us, Lord, whatever it is that you'd have us give. Would we respond today in obedience? Trusting, Lord, that we're not losing. Lord, we're investing. Lord, it's, it's not a bill that we're paying. It's a seed that we're sowing in the future. Lord, there's no better place to invest than in your kingdom. It always, always produces a harvest. It's in your wonderful name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.